and everyone's dancing. Welcome to Wittenberg Radio. It is Wednesday, September the 16th of 2015. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Daniel Friesen. And with us today is El Presidenta, Student Council President, Ali Lord. Hello, Ali. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. What'd you have for lunch today? <laughs> Butter chicken. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, I stole your question, Dad. People want to know. <laughs> they do. They really do. They want it. This is an inside expose into the life of a president. So, that is going to be, we're going to get to chatting with Ali in just a little bit. First, I have a question for the both of you. We're going to get you to weigh in on, uh, each week on the show, we weigh in on, um, on an article that one of us finds. And uh, last week, we talked a bit about Clara Hughes and the revolution, revelation rather that she had used uh, performance-enhancing drugs uh, in 1994, I believe it was. And we talked about the implications mm-hmm. of that. It was a very fascinating conversation. We still have yet to hear from Chris Hubner on the subject. We are still soliciting his response on this radio show. So, this week, the topic is a piece in the Toronto Star written by author Michael Corrin. Michael Corrin uh, considers himself a Christian, and he, well, he is a Christian. I don't know if he, can you say he considers himself a Christian, and then, like, you don't be a Christian? No, I don't know. I'm going down a weird tangent now. Chris Hubner would say that, probably. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael Corrin is a Christian and wrote in the Toronto Star this really well-received piece, um, <clears throat> And well-talked about piece, too. There's been a lot of buzz around this. Um, It was entitled, Voting Conservative, Not the Christian Thing to Do. In it, he uh, discusses how uh, he will not be voting conservative in the forthcoming federal election, October the 19th, by the way. And um, so, yeah, he talks a bit about um, why he will not be voting conservative, mainly because um, of their uh, record on his main issues. Um, stewardship of the environment, care for the poor and marginalized, uh, the pursuit of peace, and personal integrity. Now, it's those. Now, for him, those four are the big issues for him, and it got me thinking this week. Um, how far can fundamentalism not allow you to engage in politics? And they're thinking. I can see. Can you rephrase <laughs> your question. Yes. Okay. Um, so in terms of just fundamentalism like blindly following a faith or blindly following a political party how much does that factor into an election like this and how much do you think that i think first of all if you're blindly following something you're not actually following it and if you say you have blind faith then then you don't believe anything uh because the whole basis you know Bible encourages us. Well, okay, scratch that. I'm not going to say that. I'm editing that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, Liar. As 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 church and as as followers of Christ, we are you know supposed to be critical thinkers throughout the whole thing. Not to say that we're tearing down our beliefs always, and uh, but always assessing, always questioning, always wondering. That you know that's just healthy faith. If you don't, I read an article recently about the authoritativeness of scripture mm. saying that the opposite of faith is not doubt the opposite of faith is certainty interesting wow yeah dropping truth bombs Allie Lord, the- do you have this heavy hitting suddenly very <laughs> academic conversation yes um i don't know i think obviously voting and stuff is really important mm-hmm. um but for those of us who are well 18 who if this is their first time voting then they're going to kind of do what their parents have taught them or told them to do or stuff like that and so maybe for now sure if that's what their parents are going to vote something then that's maybe will be what they do but with time and educating ourselves hmm. we will change our things so like you can't okay. you can't be going blind like yeah right. you have to know where you're walking absolutely 
Absolutely. I'll pull out a quick quote for you guys here from this. Uh, when it comes to personal integrity, democracy is best served when politicians feel uncertain, and this government has taken power for granted for far too long. This guy's hitting deep. Like, it was a lot of just bombs, and there was lots of uh, talk. I mean, I listened to a couple of interviews, one on CBC and one uh, Michael Coring got called, phoned into. I feel like it was a Toronto news talk station because I'm cool like that. Um, and he had to sort of defend himself. He had to defend his position. Like, so most, so he's like, it's so conservatives don't all vote Christian. And people were a little bit blown away by this. Is that, is that something that holds true? Do you think in, even in this wonderful progressive city of Winnipeg that I, I can see it being true, maybe in the rural parts of Manitoba, where if you're a conservative, maybe you're a Christian, that's sort of the stereotype, right? That's sort of the trope. But is that really the case anymore? I would posit that it's not that true around here. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think, I don't think it has anything to do with religion, people, because the conservative party, most of their politics has very little to do with any kind of faith. It's more about uh, national identity, or you know, a constructed national identity that's based out of a lot of fear and the pursuit of comfort that really appeals to um, <clears throat> the older baby boomers and their parents. Mm. That's that whole sure. white picket fence lifestyle mm -hmm. that they've been sold. And it's very hard to break away from that because it's based around that, you know, the MO of that lifestyle is pursue comfort at all costs. And so then it's very hard to give up that comfort when being uncomfortable is uncomfortable. Absolutely, but I don't think it has any. I don't think it has anything to do with faith. I feel like, um, I don't think it actually has anything to do with faith. People may think that they're voting conservative because they're Christians. I don't think. I think they're missing the point on both cases, where they're not voting because of any actual faith-based beliefs, and they're not actually realizing that the views of the conservative party do not line up with most of their Christian beliefs. Hmm. They're authentically, right? They're actual Christian beliefs, and sure. then they're made up non-Christian beliefs that absolutely are the product of, you know, yes, <laughs> that I'm, white I'm, picket I'm, fence lifestyle. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All things to keep in mind as we go to the polls on October the nineteenth to cast your ballots in this federal election, and there are ways that you can get involved in that. Um, Al, you want to shed some light on what's happening around campus in terms of uh, elections, people that are on and around campus. Um. Today, we have someone from Elections Canada coming on campus. Yes. Um, um, and they are going to kind of help us... Today today being Wednesday. Today being Wednesday, yes. Yes. Um, they are going to come and kind of tell you guys if you don't know if you're registered or not, so you can figure that out, and other questions you might have. So good, if it's good. your first time voting, then you should go talk to nice. them. Nice. Yes. Make use of that resource. Yes. For sure. Moving on. Yes, let's move on. Allie Lord, hello. Out of, um, Allie is uh, from La Brokerie, Manitoba, an out-of-town alum, South Africa, I believe. No, no French, French Africa. Africa. Oh, she's Burkina Faso. <laughs> Man, good thing I do my research. I hang uh, out with a lot of South Africans, uh, so you know. Yeah, you fooled me. You fooled me. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Second-year student here at CMU, yes. doing a uh, wanting to get into education eventually. That's really exciting. Mm. Um, Welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you. Happy belated birthday. 
Thanks. <laughs> it was her birthday on September the 12th, if I'm not mistaken. Thirteen no. August 31st. Uh, what? <laughs> Why is it said over here? I always like to think of September 13th as August 31st. Me too. Happy birthday That's anyway. Fair. That's fair. Thanks. Happy birthday anyway. Man, okay, we're 0 for 2. <laughs> and welcome to your vetting as student council president. It's not an actual vetting. We're not going to be grilling here or anything. Thanks. <laughs> we just thought that the students might like to get to know a little bit about their student council president. Ali um, is is definitely that. And the first question to you, Ali, is what makes a good leader? Oh, man, that's a loaded one. Um, I think a good leader is someone who's willing to um, hear what other people have to say and not just do things that benefit them personally. Hmm. So they're looking out to what the needs of the community, the people are. Um, I've always been not told, but like, it's always like you have to delegate things. You need to make, tell people what to do and stuff. But I think that's not the best way to look at it. A good leader will, yes, tell people what to do in a certain way. Right. Sure. But it's with respect and knowing that, yeah, I'll help out with this and that and stuff like that. So Good. Um, how do you hope to enact that in your role as president? I guess here would probably be a good place to also describe what the CMU Student Council President actually does, because maybe some people don't know about that. So how do you hope to enact um, this description of leadership in your role? Well, my role, I'll explain it right away, is, is um, I'm basically the, the in-between person between students and faculty and staff. So I'll have meetings, I'll bring forward questions or things that people our students are worried about to Marilyn Peters Cleavers, who uh, is our go- our in between person, um, and then we go from there. And if there's issues, we figure them out together. I bring them to our student council. We discuss things, um, stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's that. I plan on uh, I don't know. Whenever I have meetings, whenever I'm interacting with other students or student leaders and stuff. It's obviously important to make sure that people feel like they belong here for one thing. Sure. Um, not just student leaders, everyone, right? So that's something through leadership that I want to work at is connecting people and making it all work in a sense, if that makes sense. Abs- <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, that's that's the way that that's the way that that'll work. What compelled you? So you second year. What compelled yep. you to take on this job? Well, I was going to go for social activities position, (laughs) but then Marilyn was like, Ali, you'd be really great at that. Nice. So classic. Classic. Yep. (laughs) So that was, (laughs) so it started off like that. Um, It was kind of scary because I am just a second year, but Mm -hmm. then I've also been out of high school for four plus years. So that helps. Um, just kind of mm-hmm. feeling like a leadership position isn't that scary, even though yeah, it's something new. Is there any pressure being a second year in this position at all? Um, not too much. Maybe from people that have been on student council longer than me. Interesting. Simply because they know they know the ropes, they know these things. Right. But they're all willing to, you know, give me some slack when I mess up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. Um, you were the first year rep last year. Yes. Yes. How has that? How has that sort of experience in student council informed uh, the way you're being president? Well, I wouldn't be president if I hadn't been on student council mm. my first year. Um, so that's, I guess, a main thing is just knowing how 
meetings work and what student council is all about. That really helped in knowing what I would have to do now as president. So sure. I don't know everything perfectly, right? But mm -hmm. it's definitely something that, I don't know, it taught me being first year up. Okay. What needs to be done. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so as you mentioned, you've been out of high school a couple of years now. You've you've done you've done the things. You've done been the around. Things. You've been around. <laughs> you've been around the block, uh, including out of town to French Africa, yes. not South Africa as I have advertised. French, French Africa's Africa. Ooh, <laughs> can we go into that a little bit? Say more. Say more. Why why is French Africa cooler? Um, because it's French and it's awesome. <laughs> you are going to ignite all kinds of controversy. Oh, I know. I know. There's all kinds of that already. <laughs> That's okay. But it's we good. It's one semester. You get to like travel to Europe and Africa, well, and Quebec, which is pretty awesome. Yes. I don't know. It's just, it's great. You know your your group really well. Abs it's just objectively better. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> what would a position of leadership be like without controversy, I would say? So, way to, way to start up a little bit. Yep. Thank you. Yep. We appreciate that. That'll probably spike our listenership too, hey? Look. Little, I'm going to go tell Preeb immediately after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same here. What about out of town uh, has informed your the style of leadership, um, if anything? No, for sure. Before out of town, believe it or not, I was very quiet. Like, actually. Wow. <laughs> I'm very reserved. I am an introvert. Okay. But after out of town, I was more 50-50 introvert, extrovert. So that helped, for one thing, um, not being afraid to, you know, say what's on my mind or, you know, putting myself out there. And those things are important when you're in a leadership position. Mm -hmm. So, and the community aspect also helped because on out of town community is very important. Coming to CMU, that's what I want to work on while I'm still here, right? So continuing to build that community, but on a much bigger scale. Sure. You mentioned, I want to go back to this notion of being an introvert. It's hard to imagine you being a quiet person. It happens. <laughs> I've yet to see it in action, and I'm having trouble picturing it. Um, are there any? What are the advantages and disadvantages of being an introvert who now has like a decent amount of, of social responsibility? I would posit here at CMU. Yep. Well, I don't know. I I really hate public speaking, which mm. is a, a thing for introverts. Wow. So thank you for being on this show. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> so I don't know. Just. Having the guts, I guess, to, you know, say what's important because I'd rather keep it to myself or sure. tell just one person instead of, you know, an entire group. Mm -hmm. So that's probably like the biggest struggle from being an introvert. But also, I don't know, I can connect with more people in a sense because I understand what introverts are like. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, but. totally. Relation, that's relational <laughs> value. That, that's got that's got merit for sure. Yep. Absolutely. So you've been on the job now for almost two weeks-ish, yep. officially. Officially. I mean, you were the president-elect for the summer, but I guess now you're actually on the roll. Uh, what about this year has uh, caught you off guard? Maybe maybe unpleasantly, maybe pleasantly. So far in the year? Yeah. I'm really busy all the time. <laughs> Which is okay. It'll slow down come October. But like, it's been, it's been pretty good. I don't think there's good. been too much bad stuff. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most um, as you anticipate this year? The most? Oh, man. Like everything. There's just so many events coming up already and stuff. Um, that's not necessarily just president related, but like student council and just activities and things that CMU has. It's really exciting 
to be a part of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's um, Tuition Freedom Day, which is coming up, Ooh. which is pretty uh, coming up. It. It's at the end of November. Just around the corner. Just around, yep. <laughs> um, so stuff like that, and it's I'm able to see the broader scope of things. Interesting. Um, which is just fun. Cool. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, one more thing that I'm sure has also informed um, your uh, experience as a leader and now as you enact this, um, your service on uh, Pangasi First Nation. Um, maybe maybe describe first what Pangasi is and uh, uh, maybe a little bit about your work there. And uh, how, has that informed, um, your, how has that informed your leadership and uh, who President Dally Lord is? Yeah, for sure. So five years ago, through my home church in Steinbach, Chris Mennonite, um, we started a partnership with Pangasi First Nation, which is a fly-in reserve 300, I want to say kilometers. It might be miles. Either way. We'll assume, it's, we'll assume it's kilometers <laughs> yeah, for the yeah, sake of Can- yep. Canada. There you go. Um, so what we do is we organize family camp for them. Hmm. Um, so it's a week, well, five days of camp on an island without electricity or anything. So we fly up all of our supplies and our food and we plan activities and all these things. And then kids get um, brought in by boat every morning and we do activities for them. So lots of swimming, lots of hiking and cliff jumping and stuff like that. So through that, I've always, I've gone every five years, each five, each year. There we go. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yep. This is an English class. <laughs> no, no. French is better. <laughs> <laughs> I blame it on two languages. Um, uh, so yeah, I've been, I've been a counselor there every year, but this year I was on um, the leadership committee, so I was organizing all the activities and stuff, co-directing it with our youth pastor, and so that was definitely a different view on leadership hmm. because I had always been the person the leaders were telling you to do things, right? So it was, sure. I was a person making sure that kids were safe and kids were having fun and our counselors were doing what they were supposed to be doing and all these things. So it was a whole lot more responsibility and also less time for my brain to uh, relax in a sense or to stop thinking. So that was definitely a leadership curve. I learned you need to take time for yourself. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's been good. But just having that uh, our partnership with Pangasi all five years, I've always learned a little bit more about leadership hmm. and what it is to, you know, go out and connect with people and do good stuff. <laughs> Very cool. I think you have passed our vetting with flying colors, I would say. I have one more question, actually. This uh, week in chapel, Steve Bell came and spoke to us, or, yeah, spoke and played music for us. And uh, he's involved with <clears throat> uh, Churches for Freedom Road. He challenged uh, us as a CMU student body to reach out to other Christian universities to form a student uh, Christian university coalition to help support this project of lobbying the government to help along uh, getting a road built out to Lake 40. Uh, can you speak as pre- student council president? Do you have any plans to um, bring this up as an issue to student council and to do some of that reaching out to other uh, universities. You don't necessarily have to have anything planned right now, but is that a <laughs> is that a priority for you? Is that something you see yourself doing? I think I think it's really important. So yes, um, it's fairly new. I only really 
realize Show Like 40 was something like this past week and stuff. So I've, I haven't been aware of this particular movement, but I think, yeah, for sure. It's important mm-hmm. to, you know, make ourselves aware of what's going on. I don't know how it'll be done, <laughs> but we can figure it out. Yeah, I think there's a couple of a couple of committees that are already yep. kind of chopping at the bit. So that's yeah. it's really really exciting, and we look forward to what Student Council has to offer us this year. So thank you so much yeah, for coming in, too. Allie. <laughs> Thanks, Allie Lord, president of the CMU Student Council, joined us here on Wittenberg Radio today. If you have any comments about um, the episode, you can always, uh, of course, reach us. Uh, you can tweet at us at Wittenberg Radio. We are on Facebook. You can find us there. Also, if you have any show suggestions or comments or I don't know, criticisms. I can't imagine why you would. But if if that d- comes up, you can email us also, wittenbergradio at gmail.com. Now, we get to transfer over to some new segment that we were, were going to debut on this show. Uh, and it is the music segment. So, you may not have realized this, but there was a coffee house during the opening week that took place in the Blau Rock. Tons of great talent turned out. Thank you so much for all of that. And we want to highlight a couple of acts here on the show as well. So if you maybe didn't get a chance to attend the coffee house, maybe you just want to hear the music right here, right now. We're going to debut this week uh, a song by a sister duo. This is Emily and Shannon Weeb. about cheating on me where would you go and who would it be one of my friends or a celebrity do you ever think about cheating on me do you ever think about a one night stand leaving the club at 3 a.m with a pretty model or a girl from a band do you ever think about a one night stand whoa if you tell me no that's not Not a single soul who hasn't had that fantasy And on the other side, you know, the grass ain't always green Do you ever, do you ever think about cheating on me? Do you ever, do you ever think about cheating on me? Do you ever think about breaking up, throwing in You've had enough Turn around the car Cause the road looks rough Do you ever think about breaking up? Oh, if you tell me No, that's not an answer I believe There's not a single soul Who hasn't had that fantasy And on the other side You know the grass ain't always The other 
Cool, that was awesome. Emily and Shannon Weeb here on Wittenberg Radio. A reminder that you can always, uh, if you've got a talent, you can always sign up for those coffee houses. They happen, I think, once a month is the thing, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how Dylan has planned. I think think in past years it's been once a month. I'm going to assume it's once a month for now until I hear otherwise. So there's plenty of opportunity to showcase your talent, be it uh, singing, dancing, if you have a little puppet show, I don't know. There's stuff. You can definitely showcase your talent. Um, Yeah. Definitely want to sign up for those. Sandwich making. Please do that. And I think that Daniel would be grateful to taste test them. Yes. The sandwich. I'll tell you my honest opinion about any sandwich you give me. He was very honest before we came on the air today as well about the sandwich that he was eating. It's really disappointing. Tell us about that, Dan. Well, (laughs) uh, first of all, you got to have good bread. That's just like the basis to any sandwich. Uh, The bread I was using was very old. I found it at the back of my freezer. It was sufficiently freezer burnt, and then I left it out to thaw. But it was uh, made out of bread maker, (laughs) which always, uh, in my experience, gives it so much of a brick-like consistency just to start out. And... uh, it's infused with some kind of a strange, like, oregano. I don't know. Uh, one of my former roommates must have made it. And uh, just really, really subpar. And the, the meat uh, that I had on the sandwich, some kind of a roast beef from a from a package again. I didn't purchase this. I just found it in my fridge. Uh, it's a little it's stringy. And then the lettuce was, you know, too old. Uh, just, just a really letdown of a sandwich all the way. And so then because the bread and the lettuce and the meat were no good then the, the various sauces that i had on there um could not play their proper role in the assemblage sure. of the sandwich sure oh it was a traumatic experience the second time around we heard that now too <laughs> but right after the show i'm gonna go grocery shopping and get nice. some proper supplies good so, good uh, don't worry everyone i'll be eating good sandwiches i have yet to again. i have yet to eat lunch i have some pasta i'm really excited about okay uh before we sign up sign off rather we're going to give you a quick um highlight as to things that are coming up here on campus, Ali already mentioned that there is going to be a woman from Elections Canada that is uh, going to be answering all of your questions. That is happening tomorrow at noon, I believe. On is that in the Blau Rock or is it in the Student Center? I'm not entirely sure. I know it's you can change around a bit. You're, it's a small campus. You but can we'll find you, you you can find these these people, and it's going to be all good. A reminder: CMU Fall Festival is coming up, not this weekend, but the weekend after that. There'll be uh, performances from the CMU Singers. Uh, that will be happening in Marpet Commons this year. Usually, it's in the Lowen Athletic Center, but this year they're moving the concert to the Marpet. So that's going to be really really exciting, along with a whole host of other events. And Dan is chomping at the bit to promote his. <sighs> Metalcross happening Saturday morning, Saturday the 25th. Yes. 20, whatever the Saturday, Saturday of the next weekend is. Yes, I believe that. Metalcross, it's a, the, the second cyclocross race of the season. I remember people who listened and remember last week uh, told you about Dark Cross. That was the first race of the season. This is the second race of the season. Uh, that race is really cool, but the really cool thing about Metalcross, specifically if you're a CMU student, is you can race for free in the open race any of the other races but you need a license for the other one but if you want to race just try it out you see all these people riding bikes around the lawn and say i want to do that too you just go and sign up any bike any skill level it's a good way to push yourself um it's a lot of fun and so come out and if you don't want to ride your bike come out and cheer people on uh cyclocross is all about the community and it's really fun uh really fun to have lots of people out there screaming at you while you're riding a bike yet another <laughs> opportunity down. to scream at me while i ride a bike 
if that's something you're into. This one's a little closer to home for all you on-res people. It's a really cool event happening Saturday, September the 26th. Not 25th, 26th. 26th. Apparently. From approximately 10 to 5. There's multiple races. That's why right. it's all day. And I think the open race will probably be happening close to noon. Absolutely. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Also, the other event to promote is MPK Folk Fest, which is taking place that weekend as well in the afternoon. Saturday, that happens in the back 40. If you're not familiar with that term, that is a wonderful cleared out bit of land in the forest that is just behind uh, Res Director Charlie Peranto's house. It is not as close to his house as it sounds, so I'm not being creepy about this, but it's a beautiful little place, and they set up a stage, and there's some... Um, there's some great acts that uh, come and perform. I believe this year, uh, Justin and the Heartbreakers are making a triumphant return. Word. That being Amber Newfoltz and Anna Bigland Pritchard. Uh, these are two students who graduated last year, and they can't get enough of MPK Folk Fest, and they're awesome. They do some really sweet covers. So that'll be one of the... I think that's the only group so far that has been confirmed for the event. So we're really excited to promote that. Also, uh, looking at the sports calendar now, uh, the soccer teams were in action this week. Uh, they played here at home uh, against the Brandon Bobcats. Both teams uh, did not fare as well here. However, they traveled out to Brandon the next day to face off against the Sidiboyne Community College Cougars at CFB Shiloh. CMU took away a one nothing victory there. So the girls are already on the winning chart and it's exciting to have a win already this early in the season. So right on to CMU girls and to the guys you're doing awesome as well so this weekend you can take in blazers soccer action um if you travel down the road a little bit they are taking on the red river college rebels that is taking place at 12 o'clock at norm conowalchuk field at red river college so if you want to catch if you can't get enough of your blazers that is where they're going to be this weekend and i think that that is all for this week yes yes i think we've done what we've come here to do that's awesome so for um daniel friesen and myself thank you ali lord for coming in no problem awesome um i'm nolan kaler i'm daniel friesen and this is us signing off for wittenberg radio for this wednesday september the 16th of 2015 bye now see ya wittenberg radio is a production of cmu student council the views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council.